Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. My calendar says that it's a Tuesday. That means that Jay Truett checks in and joins us from somewhere at an undisclosed location. Although, according to the video, looks like everybody's parents' home. And yep. Andrew Henderson coming to us in center field today yes yes it does look like uh mr truitt has got round to it and he's back home Where i am i am officially at mama's house yeah and uh mama I, listen so i, w- I want to say this like up front andrew and i talked about it a little bit um otherwise but i the truth of the matter is uh i did learn something profound over the last uh, 10 or 12 days I had to become a short-term caretaker um, for for somebody uh, that I will tell you, it gives you a completely different perspective, maybe not a different perspective, because I don't think I ever didn't appreciate the people that um, that did that job on a regular basis. I'm, I'm pretty sure I always did appreciate them. But once you've done just a smidgen of what those people do all day every day it is uh it it, it is it's like a, a an altering life altering thing you know to to really have a deep honest and goodness true appreciation for all those people that that uh, uh, are caretakers on a regular basis and uh wow it it, it can be uh, both exhausting and really uh, uh, invigorating at the same time, right? I mean, there's a lot of reward to it. And in this particular case, it's somebody that I truly love. But um, again, it's just a really cool thing. And I I can only imagine how, uh, uh, how much appreciation we all owe to those nurses and those people that work in nursing homes and senior care centers and and special facilities all over the world. It's, uh, that's one of those things that we should just every once in a while stop Say a prayer of thanks and gratitude to those kind of people that are willing to do that for a living and do it well. Those people that do it poorly, that's a whole different show, right? But um, the vast, overwhelming vast majority, I think, probably do the job really well. And uh, thank you okay. to all those people. Well said, Jay. And I, 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 I um, reiterate that. Well, thank you to all those people, especially during this last two years. They've had... Mm-hmm huge responsibility on their shoulders and then um, you know you i i did think about that and and uh, we can share although it's not right to share who it is but we can share that the person you've been looking after is actually getting better which is fantastic so absolutely your, you know despite yeah. your interference they're still alive and thriving so that's really, yeah. really good yeah yeah despite, despite my interference <laughs> despite despite my <laughs> incapable nature yeah uh, yeah. we, uh, we made it right over the finish line. It's, uh, sometimes it's a, like a three-legged race, the sack race or whatever you want to call it, right? With, uh, um, with somebody that just was trying to go the different direction than you. But yeah, we made it. It was good. So I have a, an 18 year old daughter who mm. is not helping as much right now because she's, should get off of crutches today from the, the boar tusking that she got. But um, a year ago, spent 
40 plus hours a week working in a nursing home, doing those yeah. things. And it's been very interesting as a father watching her absolutely fall in love with each one of these people in a yeah. care home and just, just care for them. Like they're part of our family. Right. Again, I, I do believe that it's a special kind of person that does this job really well. Right. And it's not for everybody. Um, yeah, and again, I, I it gave me some time to reflect this week. You know, one I'm taking care of just one really kind of one and a half person because there's, there's two people involved. Right. But one of them right. is really not a, not a whole lot of help. Uh, you, what you don't want, I did realize too, what you don't want in this setting is a 92 year old cowboy is not the most helpful, <laughs> is not the most helpful person. They have, they have a whole different approach. Yeah. To what fixes uh -oh. every problem, <laughs> and uh, it's not always helpful. Uh, you just got to be honest about stuff like that once in a while. It, and, uh, is your dad not listening right now? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> he could be sitting right beside me, and he still wouldn't hear me, uh, unless he has his hearing aids in and, and turned up, of, which he wouldn't. Shot so. Anyway, that you know what Trent said about. Um, his youngest daughter my daughter's experienced the same thing and she's always telling me um how that helped her realize that what really can happen to people if they're not very well in later life and and stuff like that and mm -hmm. these people are the salt of the earth that do these jobs yeah. and, um right the reason why I, I think it's an amazing experience to do that is because obviously it brings us all down to the fact that your health is everything it's nothing not about money Health is, is one of the most important assets you can possibly have. And can you imagine what it must be like? And, and I'm bringing this around to today. In France, right at this moment, the doctors in France are se severely questioning the, the government's stance on the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And they're actually get, doctors and nurses are at the point, and this is where it, we are at, where they're actually considering not, working because they know what the government is doing is propaganda and it's wrong think about that yeah you know, when were we last at that point yeah not I, in my lifetime no and i you know it was kind of interesting this uh so the last couple of weeks uh watching uh watching um physicians disagree a little bit you no know, in some cases a lot um, about what was, uh, what was really the best options, uh, available for somebody that, uh, that's facing a COVID infection, um, was intriguing, I think is that th is the only thing I can come up with now. And I'm, it, it's going to take a while for me to really let it settle through because, uh, again, this is a rural community. So you kind of got the, uh, uh, people that take, more of what I would call just a more rural approach, right? Said, listen, you know, just do everything you can, keep yourself healthy, and and uh, we can help you keep your airwaves open and all that stuff. It's pretty easy. That was the approach we took, and it actually worked really simple. Um, uh, it, it it I don't want to say that it was painless, but it was a it was a straightforward and simple approach. And then you have other people that literally were just perplexed trying to sort through the pages of guidelines and, and recommendations and figure out what the heck they might do. And it paralyzed them in their decision-making process. I watched right. it with my own eyes. Wow. And, uh, 
and we've all seen people get caught up in that, but literally they were paralyzed in the decision-making process. And um, they, they just had so much. And I, and foolishly, uh, I threw uh, factoids at them like, you know, uh, I, just basic elementary facts that we've been talking like, about. Uh, like a 62-year-old for- <laughs> yeah. yeah, what about... <laughs> What about Ivamec for the people around us, you know, and uh, uh, hydrochlor? And you could see that their their eyes would almost start spinning around this way, right? You know, instead of the other way. And and I, I kind of felt I didn't really feel bad. I don't really uh, <clears throat> have a lot of pity for people who are incapable after nine years of college. But um, it, it was sad, right? And I think that's probably happening everywhere. They were frightened of their jobs being lost, though, because they've literally, yeah. you know, they literally are being debarred, aren't they? Medi- medical yeah. physicians who, who uh, actually prescribe these drugs that are peer-reviewed, that now it's now known work. You, I don't know whether you saw this, but there's a there's a lady out in, I think it's Atlanta, who sued um, the CDC uh, because she has sued them because she knows that the Lancet redacted the uh, the peer reviews on hydroxychloroquine and it now is known to be therapeutically helpful in reducing hospitalizations as is ivermectin as you just described and she's taking the CDC to court over this because she's suggesting that perhaps thousands and thousands of her patients have gone to an early grave um, yeah. and that is the question because it's now emerged that if um, these wrong uh, reports that were appeared in the Lancet and other medical journals that were used by the fact checkers. And by the way, this week we now know that the fact checkers on Facebook on vaccinations, and I'm going to say the, va- the word vaccinations, were actually Johnson and Johnson sponsored. They put five million into that. So yeah. at the yeah. end of the day, you shared that yesterday morning, Andrew, and then it started making news later in the day. I saw it. So you're like a, a newsbreaker. I'm a newsbreaker. We got to go to our first break. Maybe. Certified Piedmontese. We are making literally today making certified Piedmontese turned out the bulls yesterday after we put some embryos in. But that was a different deal for the Piedmontese program. You don't need to worry about embryos. You just need to put bulls with the cows or put semen in the cow from an artificial insemination. Our day was yesterday. The bulls are turned out, and we will get $180 per head premium over the 600-pound feeder calf price. That's part of the certified Piedmontese system. Get details from Marlon Will at LoneCreekCalico.com. Back with more. Roll out after this. (laughs) I would have a monopoly on that. Welcome back. Roll out. Trent Luce alongside Jay Truitt. Andrew Henderson, no Trent Luce fan club. No, but we should, we should maybe start a Trent Luce fan club. No, <clears throat> no. Calvin Coolidge fan club. How about that? The most Whoa, underrated president in the history that. of the United States. He took yeah, office I, on this day in 1923. Jay, did you know that? No. Well, I didn't know that, but that is kind of cool. But you, you, I already had like our uh, our membership criteria was that we had a little snap on mustache, right? <laughs> that we all wear in the meeting. Calvin and, Coolidge did not have a mustache. But see, Calvin Coolidge didn't He's have that cool mustache, so it doesn't work. 
Yeah. My grandfather was named Calvin too. <coughs> Calvin too. Why are you called Luce, Trent Luce? No. If he was Calvin too. No, no. My grandfather was named Calvin as well as Calvin Coolidge. Yeah. Your grandfather's Calvin Coolidge? <laughs> See, that's how rumors get started, right? That's why you've got the gavel that says president on it. Oh, it's so obvious now. Yeah. Passed down a family heirloom. Yeah, little did you know that. to work that one out, but there you go. Yeah, little did you know that you're the teacher and everyone in the classroom is little Johnny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... Anybody want some breaking news that I found out last night that maybe the two of you don't know? Bring it on. Last night on social media, um, are you aware that yesterday the Arizona audit had subpoenaed Dominion and the Arizona Electoral um, Commission for various misdemeanors that they had to report on? not least passwords, and um, they wanted the machines to investigate and also the routers as well as they wanted certain questions answered about, for example, how did 30,000 people vote that weren't on the voter register and, and, and how did 74,000 mail-in ballots, how were they sent out to people that didn't even ask for them and then sent back and nobody knows of any records that they were actually sent out in the first place. Those were the, roughly the six things. So that happened yesterday. And are you aware, Jay and, and Trent, that the both the uh, the uh, electoral board in Maricopa and Dominion decided not to give any of the required information that was asked for by the subpoenas? Are you aware of that, both of you? Uh, maybe not every piece of detail that you just gave me, but I do know that they're in a showdown now. I mean, the showdown is... Everybody's going to throw down here soon. Okay. Andrew, let me just answer your question, and you don't need to worry about where I'm at. I know only what you tell me. Okay. Go on. So the next bit you don't know. If you knew that bit, Trent and 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 Jay, fine. But here's the bit that has appeared all over the internet last night, and as a result of that, I'm hearing some pretty draconian things might happen in America this Friday. It appears that there is a very high-level whistleblower from Dominion. Hey! Yes. And what happened was, last night, uh, a certain account on Telegram started to produce the visual evidence that this person is now giving. And it basically showed in, I'm going to paraphrase here, everything that was asked for it showed you this person has access to the actual information for example this person is so high up in dominion allegedly that they have the passwords for all the computers used in all the elections in 2020 and so they not only have the passwords they show he then shows screenshots of the backdoor information which shows how an operative who has the passwords can go the system and make sure that um, it's it's conversing with the internet without the person who's using the computer ever knowing or using the voting machine ever knowing. And uh, when I looked at it, it did look like um, the whole nine yards or whatever you want to call it in America. It looks as though this is 
irrefutable evidence. And this person says that they can show the evidence and the fraud in all 50 states. Yeah. And he's under, not under um, the security of the FBI or the CIA. This person is under the security of some military branch in the United States forces. So there's, wow. that's what broke last night. Now, as a result of that, the, I'm watching this play out this morning because your you're guys are just waking up. Uh, but there is, uh, let's see if this comes to pass, but there is mention of a presidential um, address on Friday in which the Biden administration is going to attempt to basically lock down the whole country. So let's see whether that happens. Well, I believe that'll happen, but I just want to weigh in before we go farther. We know that Hunter Biden is a criminal. There's yep. been no accountability. We know that Cuomo literally killed thousands of elderly in New York, as did Newsom in California. Uh, we know that Fauci's a war criminal continuing to put human lives in jeopardy. There are so many people in places that we already know where people have conducted criminal activity, and yet there's been zero accountability. Before we go forward, we need to find a way to keep people accountable to these crimes, literally yeah. crimes that they're committing, because at this point, everybody just knows about it. And they're like, oh, well, that just happens. No, that can't be the case. There has to be accountability. How do we demand accountability, Jay? Yeah, I so I've really been asking myself that question after. Uh, and I think we talked about this maybe about three or four weeks ago where I'd had a chance to really look at personally look at the data for the the internet packet tracking that had gone back and forth uh, between machines in other countries and and uh, and and several places in the United States that appeared to be the precise IP addresses of of election machines and which is all of that is part of the real core of the Mike Lindell case right I mean that's what they're that's really their key piece of evidence. They've not really tried to hide it. They say they can prove beyond a, a shadow of a doubt that people communicated with those machines live during the election and, and that information went back and forth. And, and when, when I looked at that, it, 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 it honestly, uh, I think I, I sunk maybe to the lowest point in this whole process for me internally that, uh, because I also know that, they personally handed that information to exactly the right people inside of the Department of Justice, and they handed it to the Director of National Intelligence's office. And he was one of the people that I maybe trusted the most in Washington, uh, D.C., uh, our, our prior one, Mr. Ratcliffe, uh, used to be my neighbor, right, um, um, at our home in Texas. And um, I... I don't even, you know, you, it's hard to get your head wrapped around it. Um, I don't know what the, the truth, the honest to goodness truth is. And we say this occasionally and it's never, it's never really a fun thing to say, but we're in uncharted territory here mm -hmm. and there's really not a clear roadmap of how you, uh, how you go back and start it over. And the more, the more you talk to the people in the legal profession, um, uh, that that really kind of do this kind of parliamentary type stuff in Washington D.C. and just talk about the the process. Um, it, it 
there's just not a good answer there there is there is no roadmap and and uh it doesn't mean that we don't do it but Anybody that thinks that the current administration is just going to boldly go where no man has gone before uh, in prosecuting people uh, inside of the swamp, uh, you'd ha- you need your head examined. That's just not what they're going to do, right? Uh, they're not going to prosecute people inside the swamp today uh, without somebody compelling them to do it. Uh, a court's yeah, going to yeah. have to do it, and they may even I'm even have very little faith that that that's going to happen uh this accountability thing is long gone though trent and uh Um, i don't know how we recover that it's going to take a new congress and a new administration to do it for sure in my mind it's vital and it has to be our number one one 30 seconds andrew i i just agree with every word that jay's saying and to be fair to jay jay always believed that it would have been sorted out slowly and surely through the the constitution and i agree I, I, i'm finding it difficult to understand how it will be um uh, the action will be taken but i do think one thing these packet captures that mike lindell and I, I don't even believe it's mike lindell that's got those packet captures i think that it is i hope it is your military because i believe that um he's offered five million dollars because he knows he's right and the press know he's right so they're not going to go there and 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 so eventually um, it's going to become very obvious, I think, to those that are in charge of your military that you have been, um, your, your election was stolen by, by, with, the, with the coercion of a foreign country. And, I think and that's going to be, that's going to be with it. that, I have to say that we've got to go to a break. We're already halfway through. Protect the Harvest has been on the front lines protecting property rights since 2011. Get more details about how we can assist you at protecttheharvest.com. We'll be back in the second half after this. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Luce alongside rule breaker Andrew Henderson. And now in the center, Jay Truitt. He was right wing. Now he's just centrist. (laughs) Okay, Andrew, you got all these questions off air for Jay. People lost pensions this week. They're about to lose a lot more than just their pensions, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I saw that. And I saw that it was... uh, Am I right in saying maybe two million people lost their pensions this week? Jay, is that is that correct, or is that? Um, I, I think maybe the number is higher, but at least that. Yeah. What's that about, Jay? You know, so listen. So let's go. Let's go backwards here a little bit, right, in the whole process, and you kind of you kind of have to get here. I I actually think what we saw this week this last week was a whole series of distraction efforts, right? But some of those things actually come forward. And one of those big distractors, I'm going to talk about this just because it's like a pet peeve of mine as well. But Chris Van Hollen introduces his repeal of step up in basis on estate taxes, right? And that should steal the, um, the, uh, um, Basically, or capital gains, any step up for capital gains, period, right? And it, it becomes a big factor in all the states when they change hands here in the United States. But the, it, I think that we're in this process of trying to figure out how we just re-regulate and reset a whole bunch of different sectors inside the economy. And 
Um, we're trying to we're trying to do that without having a big national discourse about it. Um, they know that that I don't think that piece of legislation has a snowball's chance um, in straight up votes all by itself. He introduced it all by itself uh, for a reason. Um, but he can take he can take the hit. Maryland's going to reelect him. He knows that no matter what. Um, he's solid. And so he can be that guy that actually does that. And meanwhile, um, we're just going to undermine uh, a bunch of other basic fabric systems here. I don't know. I, 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 I honestly can't explain it. Jay, here's my understanding of it. These hedge funds that invest in people's pensions have been investing in Chinese companies. And those chi chi sure. Chinese companies that they've been investing in, um, the Chinese People's Republican Army, uh, who run China, as we know, decided that those companies were bankrupt this week. So all that money disappeared from U U.S. hedge funds. So basically, they encouraged people to invest in Chinese companies and President Xi bankrupt them. So a, a, the no, but, yeah. so, so this, is, this, this is the point, though, right? Um, if you remember about, um, it's almost three years ago now that the Trump administration um, announced that it was going to, uh, that it had instructed the Security Exchange Commission to hold these companies to a whole different standard. Well, they, they, got, they got the Heisman from some courts and some of the hedge funds and, and people that do that. And the companies all raise cane, right? I understand that part of it. Um, but that all happened. It took about a year for, uh, like everything in government, it works really so. But it was almost a full year before the SEC then could actually write the write the new standard for what these the companies that present what's called. I'm going to get the term wrong, and I actually really do know this quite well. But for some reason, I'm just drawing a blank. But the term where you're really not selling the actual stock. Um, uh, but you're selling the rights to a company that promises to buy the stock, right? And and if you if company if people look at uh, a stock ticker, there's some some letters that follow after it, and it tells you whether or not you're actually buying the stock of a company or you're actually buying a, a kind of a promissory note for Trent, the stock can you hear me? of a company. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. No, um, yeah, no, no, and, no more. And and we were we were starting to take those companies off of the U.S. exchanges, and and uh, a, a good number of them have been removed now. You can't buy. There's a bunch of Chinese companies that you used to be able to buy, have access to a stock purchase on the on the New York Stock Exchange or the Nasdaq or one of the exchanges that over the last 24 months we lost access to. What the hedge funds did was, which are still regulated by the Securities Exchange Commission, was um, as soon as all that happened, they just went straight there and bought them directly. Well, and and the SEC did nothing. I mean, literally just did nothing. They just watched it happen. They knew it was happening. People understood it was happening. Um, and again, I would tell you that I think... Um, so a bunch of people probably may have lost almost everything, but I think there it, it, there's millions and millions more that that um, 
don't have any idea what their real losses are yet. So how does this parallel to this? the great stock market crash was 29, right, leading to the Great Depression? Which, by the way, would have been during Calvin Coolidge's presidency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. The, that's well. Well, our new fan club that we just created earlier yeah, in the show. Exactly. Right? I think it's just the three of us are the only three that would possibly be in that. Now, I I don't know that I I so I do see some parallels with what's going on in the marketplace in that time period, just based on you know highly inflated values and a lot of speculation in in almost every every aspect of the market. But I, but I don't think it has anything to do with China. Um, th- this is going to sound offensive to people, but um, if you look, you know, in the late 1800s and the early 1900s, the United States was kind of the China of the world economically. Mm-hmm. And we were the highly speculative place to invest. And maybe China just experienced their 1929. Well, I, I didn't mean to parallel China's involvement, but, the 20s was all about the roaring 20s. And that's what mm-hmm. really what Coolidge, Coolidge was trying to bring about was we're spending beyond our means. We're pretending that we have this robust economy that isn't real. Yeah. And it, there are parallels in that and where we're at today because people just been spending left and right. And they're not spending their own money. They're spending money that was given to them. And that, that always has a consequence. Oh, absolutely. Right. And I'm, it, listen, <clears throat> whether regardless of which number that you that you uh, buy into on our debt clock uh there's three right it's 23 28 or something like 141 trillion dollars um worth of debt that now belongs in the federal sector um and the and the big number obviously is the one that that includes long-term pension obligations and all those sorts of things and medicare out uh, into the distant future but the we're we're so far upside down it's not even funny and um and i remember years ago that pat roberts the former senator from from kansas who was a great advocate for for a lot of stuff in agriculture right uh involved in maybe writing as many farm bills as anybody except for maybe thad cochran uh over time um in in u.s history he would he Back in the in the early 2000s, he would defend some debt spending, you know, based on investments in things that made money versus what didn't make money and and was just spending. And there is a big difference in that. And we've we've long ago abandoned the whole concept of making investments in this country that make sense to hold debt for um, and exchanged it for something else. I you know. Uh, and everybody seems to be fine with it. Uh, again, that was that was the that was the other point that I didn't make earlier um, was that. So one of the other factors that kind of started sneaking back into the real equation this this last week, while we were being distracted with uh, the Delta variant and all these other things, you know, that we have to talk about, is that we've exceeded the unexceedable limits that that got done by Boehner several years ago on debt to the extent that we still, we now have to go back and, and revote on, on increasing debt limits again. And we thought we had, you know, increased them in a way that um, we didn't really have to ask for permission anymore. 
And so quietly behind the scenes, they're trying to hustle the votes for that as well so that we can just keep things going here in the United States. At the same time that the Democrats have proposed $3.5 trillion new dollars, not in roads and bridges money, but in just like, what do they call it? Social infrastructure, right? I think is their term. But basically, it's... It's uh, it's new subsidy programs for common people. Okay, Andrew, I, I know you're back, but I, I want to follow up on this because right now, Jay, I have to wonder how many things that are fundamental to our future economy are going unchecked. For example, uh, I believe the Trade Promotion Authority has expired, and, yeah. and there was no discussion. No. And that is the the authority to give to the. Uh, the White House, basically the U.S. Trade Representative's office, that you can negotiate a free trade deal with the U.K. or any country in the world. But how many things that are fundamental to the future of producing and selling things are going unnoticed because we're worried about investigating something that doesn't need to be investigated or we're worried about putting a mandate on a mask or we're worried about other thing, everything other than what's really important? I don't have yeah. I would like to see that list because I'm guessing it's longer than the Constitution. Yeah, maybe maybe that's a good assignment for me to start trying to figure out how to compile that. I, I, I mean, and some of it is is even people like me get distracted, right? I mean, I kind of get paid to watch this stuff really closely. And just yesterday, I realized how many you mentioned the U.S. Trade Representative's office. You know, there's a whole bunch of people that still have never even been appointed over there. There's yeah. massive numbers of positions inside that organization. Catherine Ty is at the mm-hmm. top. And again, in the entire administration, she's probably my favorite person. Um, if I were to pick of the people that I like, she has, she's in the building alone. Almost. There's I almost that, nobody around a, her. I think that's an astounding admittance because I, I've heard all this. And that's why I don't think this is a long-term administration. I, I, I can't see it because they're not appointing anybody. And as you quite uh, rightly point out, that when they when they're holding a January sixth commission with which is basically, you know, a few Democrats and a couple of rhinos, that they, they even kicked out people who might actually ask some proper questions about, you know, the fourteen thousand hours of footage to actually identify who these people are would be a good start. Then you've got people trying to get to the prisons to find out how the prisoners have been looked after that have been, you know, basically put in jail and the keys have been slung away and not one person has that actually been charged with insurrection the only person that died yeah. was a trump supporter and that's the main issue of the day as uh, and, well as- and, and and force for dc policemen that have now committed suicide go figure yeah very strange. we got we got to we got to take a break certified piedmontese creating opportunities for you the cattleman lonecreekcattleco.com to get full details one segment of rural right left after this Welcome back to Roll Route, Trent Lewis, alongside Andrew Henderson, who's never on the right. Jay Truitt in the center. Oh, I'm sitting over here on the left. I'm the left winger in today's broadcast. Yeah, uh, try that hat on for a while. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> it's quite an easy one to do. It's quite an easy one to do, Trent. Just tell lies. You'll everybody will have <laughs> to believe you say. Yeah, it's uh, not even funny. Well, uh, by by the way, you all were talking about we have don't have this appointment, don't have that appointment. We do have the appointment to the head of the BLM 
a eco terrorist Tracy Stone <laughs> yeah. Manning. We got that one in there, right? Yeah. Who 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 wants well, the uh, posters to show a picture of a young four year old girl as to say that that is something you really don't need for the future of your country because we want to depopulate it. That is really, frankly, the sum of all of it. The absolute. Mm-hmm. I, I think people have sussed it now and sussed it. My, I think most Americans have worked out the truth now and uh, they're about to uh, take action. Yeah. I, I can't that's believe why full, that, That's why the full court press is on for this jab. That's the whole I story. Think, Just keep people in fear. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, uh, listen, though. No. I'm just, I'm going to be honest, right? This is a, this is going to be depressing what I'm about to say. Go on. But I, I think, uh, if you're not, if you're not careful, um, what you, uh, what you will convince yourself is that all of America believes something. Oh, no. And, I don't uh, believe that. And I, I think, that. sadly, that about half of this country, some percentage, somewhere near half. I don't know what the exact numbers are, but give me the float five or 10 points one way or another. And it's still scary. They really do uh, buy into the entire um, hard left agenda um, mm-hmm. uh, at some level. And I'll give you 30%. Yeah. I'll give you 30%. Mm-hmm. I won't give you any more than that though. But they believe it though. And no, I, I never think, said they didn't. Uh, but I said it's only, th- in my opinion, when you look at those results that you and I both agree are probably accurate, it's thirty percent. Jay, the true figure is thirty okay. percent. And if of those thirty percent, quite a lot of them will have changed their minds now. I uh, okay, I'll give you that. But if you concentrate those in the right places, those yeah. are the centers of economic, media, and yeah. market power in the United States, and. Yeah. And it really just complicates uh, our process a lot when New York, Chicago, and San Francisco all are saying the same things yep. because those really are where our our business centers, market centers, and trade centers all kind of function through those places. Yeah. And um, and so you th- then in the middle, somewhere in the middle, is caught a group of people that have to get along with those people. And so they try to figure out how to condone as much of that behavior as they can and just accept it and go on um, just to to get along. And then out here, the rest of us. um, And and again, I'm out in real America today. Right. And have been for the last several weeks uh, or a couple of weeks. And we're you know what they're doing they go about their business, right? They're still just living life. They're yeah. not walking around yeah. in fear. That, that's exactly what I wanted to say is that in my travels, yeah, and by the way, I've been in 33 states since May 20th. Right. Yeah. Um, so I still see the bell curve. I see 20% of the people who are just deer in the headlights. Like I got to find a solution. We got a serious problem. We got to fix it. I see 20%, 20% of the people saying, you conspiracy theorists, you just need to go home. You need to go back to worshiping Trump and blah, 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 blah. 60% of the people are just going about their business, trying to do what they need to do for themselves and their families. Maybe concerned, but just think about it. I really can't do anything about it. I'll just do what I can do. Mm-hmm. Well, when they can't get food, Trent, which is coming very soon. I, I, uh, I'm in your, I agree, but I'm just I, telling I, you I'm what also, I analyze right now. I, I'm seeing that here, by the way. When they can't get food, 
and and also when and I don't I, you know I am an optimist like you I don't I think it's more than twenty percent but when they can't get food and they see everything is you know hyperinflation etc. Um, I think you're going to see that everybody knows the 1932 playbook. We're we're in it again. We're exactly in the same playbook. It's it's no different. It's 100% replicating what happened in 1932. And once people realise what that is, I don't think they're going to get what they want out of it. That's what I think. There could um, be some. There could be some hope coming from the strangest places, though. I, I hope so. I hope so. France, France may turn out to be our savior here this week. Um, Absolutely, I, I think their doctors and nurses are hugely important in all this, and I don't think they'll be the first ones. I think once it's the old domino effect. Once one uh, medical profession decides enough is enough, that will start to see an effect worldwide. And uh, India as hmm. well. I, I don't know whether you know India yeah. has also. Uh, taking action against the World Health Organization. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, have, I have a feeling that things are going to start to roll now. Um, but you're right, Trent. I, only, I just think that once we start seeing fuel, food, and, um, and shortages like that, that will focus the mind a lot more. Than, and also, yeah. when people realize, hang on, this vaccine, we're now seeing people um, going to be, have to be jabbed for the third time. In history, have you ever heard of a jab that that continues you spreading the disease willy-nilly like this you know people are going to wake up very quickly that's why they want to they want to get you all jabbed very quickly because people are going to smell the coffee very soon if they're not already smelling well i still believe that you pass uh when you give it you have live virus and you when you're jabbed you pass that live virus on and so the more often you're jabbed the more active you are in being a spreader i, I don't think this is this is not... belief, I've never, when I have my flu jab, which has gone through the five-year trials, etc., on animals and all that thing, when I have that, I don't look at my fellow human beings and think, God, you could, you could actually mutate the flu so that I could get ill again. That's mm. what they're having you believe, and it isn't going to wash. People are going to, they're going to, you know, yeah. quietly work out that it's all a load uh, of hogwash. I just remind you that the human body is made up of 380 trillion viruses. Viruses are you, part of life. Did you count them? Yeah. Yeah. No, Fogarty did. Okay. okay. Yeah. But I'm not. You know, we have. So to, apparently, we're to, done. Well, to, no. Yeah. You do have. To I, I do. In the human race. I did. I. I did want to talk about there. So there is some positive news, right? Next okay, week. The uh, U.S. Congress will not be in Washington D.C., and that so fewer bad things will happen. But it does appear <laughs> that it does appear that AOC and Cory Bush, um, two of the most entertaining people to watch, try to explain their viewpoints, um, are uh, are going to stay in Washington until they fix this uh, 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 issue over uh, evictions and uh, the ban on evictions in the United States. And uh, since it can't be done, that means they're going to have to stay in Washington, D.C. forever because they said they weren't leaving D.C. until it was fixed. And uh, it's not going to be fixed within the next several months. So um, the people of St. Louis, Missouri, got a big break. Cory Bush is not coming back. <laughs> oh, and did, is There's this, the this, big win. 
didn't that didn't the uh, these guys these uh democrats that fl- fled from uh, texas they know they can't get back in now because they're going to be arrested so they're yeah. in dc as well so anybody else that would like to leave their state and not go back you know go to dc and great thank you there's a lot of that do we going still on. have the do we still have the fence up so we can just lock it they've surrounded nancy they, pelosi's house that's another bit of good news because they're trying they to also evict think, her. <clears throat> no i'm sorry yeah also though i mean here's again here's one of those good things that happens during the distraction is you got people like abbott um those democrats can't sneak across the border either because he's got the national guard down there just to arrest people so yeah. um i mean I, I i do think interestingly enough Kind of the, the, you know, the media really is not covering some of what some good things that some of these governors are doing uh, that are just taking control of actions in their own state. They kind of we kind of only we, we get this like weird perspective of the press uh, or what's what's real news. Right. And and you don't have to be. I mean, people, you know, some of us, people like us that that have a responsibility to kind of delve into all these places. But I would just tell people, go to someplace like Off the Press or the Epic Times, and you, you can real simply in two different places get a completely different image of what's really going on in the world with really good professional reporting, right? Absolutely. I, and if you go and, to and the, so you don't, yeah. you, don't, you don't have to be on the dark web somewhere. No. You just have to not be on CNN and Matt Drudge for a change. And... And lo and behold, you can start hearing about some kind of cool stuff that people are doing. Mr. Abbott is doing a great job in Texas of trying to figure out how to address the weaknesses of the federal government. The National Pulse is another one. And and, and my bit of good news is devolution is actually working in the USA. You've got got a number of states that are taking control of their own um, affairs. Mm -hmm. So that is very good. Are you going to continue to leave out Governor Ricketts in the state of Nebraska? He was featured this week on Epic Times. He's amazing. Yeah. But it's very interesting. The contrast between him and Christine, the one that you used to like that wore the hat and looks very good. Because she's she's not coming. She's showing colors that are not very bright at the moment. For example, she's now saying that people who lose their jobs because of mandatory vaccines should go and find another job rather than stop the companies from doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I know that um, one of our listeners is very worked up about that, and rightfully so. She is a mutton dressed as, la- a, a lamb dressed as mutton. She is not coming through for you. I, I, I understand. That's why I, I told well, Governor, Governor Ricketts, he's now the number one governor in the nation. All right, 30 so, seconds, Jay. Now, I would just say this. You either, you either believe... But you either believe that uh, businesses have the right to do even stupid things or not. And uh, I think the key is, is to enforce that belief with when those companies actually fail because they don't have any employees, you don't bail them out either. And so you've got to, listen, there's got to be some pain in this growing process for us to learn. And and we're going to have to grow back to where we were once, freedom wise. Mm. That's a no pain. No, if you ever get no a chance pain, to do no it. gain. Oh, the slogan. Yeah. All right. That'll do it. We have successfully journeyed down the road, connecting rural and urban America. And Andrew finally stayed hooked. How about that? Remember fish. next week, Chasing folks, a lure. we're going on an international ride. I'll give you a clue. 
Tequila, tequila, tequila! Bye, everyone. <laughs> All roads do lead to a roller out. Ignore him. <laughs> and finally today let me encourage you to go to karenstaley.com you can get an album of all of the songs that were a part of the arise usa tour including god save the cowboy everywhere karenstaley.com it's only 20 bucks for all the songs